Okay. Hello, Dr. Asadirad. Here's our hello. guest for today. And hello, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I hope you are having a good day. Yes, yes, I am. I am. I'm very excited for this interview and I'm looking forward to this. Great. And Thanks. Now, before getting into it, I just wanted to get into your background. Uh, if you could give a brief description for the audience, just um, to see who you are. Sure, sure. You know, let's start from my high school. Uh, my last year of high school was done in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And from Grand Forks, North Dakota, I went to Minnesota and there was a state university there, Winona State University. And then I got my bachelor degree in Bachelor of Arts in biology. I mean, I see universities now start offering Bachelor of Arts. And then after that, I went to Kentucky and I got my master in biology, uh, master of science. And then I was late to apply for a PhD program. So I sticked around one more year and I got another master's in animal nutrition. So I learned my master's and then I went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville, uh, from Murray State University in Kentucky. I went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and I got my PhD in parasitology, study of parasites. So that's, and then after that, my brother was in Bay Area and he told me, Amir, come to Bay Area. I had a part-time job teaching in Tennessee uh, but I listened to him. I came to Bay Area and I found, uh, you know, a few jobs, part-time jobs in Bay Area. And finally, I, I, after a year and a half in Bay Area, I found a full-time job at San Joaquin Delta College in Stockton. Okay. And I've been there since 1995. I'm aging myself a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> you look fine. You look fine. <laughs> So that, that's a lot of different schools and states you've been to. Yeah, you know, I had a professor at one time. He told me, Amir, if you go to different schools, you learn more. So I said, okay, I decided to move around a little bit. And then uh, when I came to Stockton, I didn't know that I'm going to be here. Well, I knew, I, not that I didn't know, I knew I'm going to be here in Stockton for so many, 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 many years. And here I am. I have not moved. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, now getting into a little bit more, since you said you're here in Stockton, um, the reason I reached out to you because I heard about the Bridge to Medicine program that you're a part of. Right. And here in Stockton, I just wanted to understand exactly what is this program and what do you guys do? Okay. Uh, Bridge to Medicine is a uh, program that was put together by San Joaquin Medical Society. Uh, and um, all of the members are doctors or related to doctors, their wives. And then what happened, um, they decided to have for the residents of the San Joaquin County uh, to be mentoring them uh, and helping students who want to go to medical school. Uh, so they mentor them and uh, they help them out. And it was just, a, I'm sorry about that, it was just a pure, uh, it was a pure coincidence, uh, I think, uh, act of God, whatever you want to call it, that uh, I got in touch with uh, Dr. Melor, he is the president of the uh, uh, Bridge to Medicine, uh, we got into touch with other 
with, from another long story, to make the long story short, a former student of mine was going to UC Davis Medical School okay. and uh, he introduced us together. And then, so uh, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a uh, MD, I'm a PhD. Uh, so with my past experiences and so on and so forth and the interest of Dr. Malor and the uh, San Joaquin Medical Society, so we got connected and then we are working together right now um, to help students who want to go to medical schools, mentoring them and helping them. Out. I hope I did answer <laughs> yes. your question. Yes. Now, I just had a question about this. Since you're a PhD in um, these other backgrounds, what got you interested in helping students go to medical school? Well, that has a lot. <laughs> I, I tried to make it short. That's you know, since my uh, freshman year in college, of course, when I was in high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do. Okay. So I went to college and uh, just like everybody else, I was taking these pre-engineering classes like calculus and chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, my God, I don't want to sit behind a desk. That's not what I want to do in life. And that's what most, not all engineers, but most engineers, they sit behind the desk and whatever they do, you know, they do different things. So I said, no, I don't want to do that. So let me take a biology class. And I took a biology class and we had to dissect fish, frog. It was amazing for a freshman uh, biology class. And I fell in love with it. I said, God, this is what I want. Uh, we were taking plants apart. So after that, I started majoring in biology. So from my sophomore year, I was exposed to pre-med students. The classes that I was taking, like chemistry, uh, uh, organic chemistry, the biology classes. So some of my classmates were going to medical school. Okay. So talking to them and, you know, just uh, what, what is medical school all about? What is it like? And they, I was introduced to MCAT, so I knew about MCAT. So I learned the routine from my sophomore year in Minnesota. And then when I went to uh, Kentucky, I still, I was taking classes like biochemistry that both graduate students, I was a graduate student in Kentucky, and also undergraduate students could take it. And so guess what? Some of those undergraduate students were pre-med students. I got exposed to them and I, you know, start talking to them. Yeah, they talk about MCAT. Yeah, this is biochem. It's going to be an MCAT. So I got, you know, talked to them and so on and so forth. And even though when I went to Tennessee, I was taking a class, I was interested in it, histology, study of tissue. And of course, some of my classmates, and of course, whenever you take a class, you become friends with some, you study with some, yes. and they were going to medical school. So I was exposed to these pre-med students all the way until uh, I came to uh, uh, Stockton. Okay. And even in Bay Area, I had students who wanted to go to medical school and they had to take these classes to go to medical school. So when I came to Stockton, um, you know, some of the students starts uh, asking for recommendation letter. So far, nobody asked me for recommendation letter until I came to Stockton or maybe in Bay Area, I can't remember, it was many years ago, maybe one or two students in Bay Area asked me for recommendation letter for medical school. So then I got talking to them uh, I was exposed to students who were going to medical school. And of course they were taking my class 
And then they wanted recommendation letter later on after a semester or two a year. So I was always exposed to them, to the students. And then part of uh, most people know when you're in a profession like me or like a doctor or like a dentist, they, they call it continuing education. Mm -hmm. So if you want to keep your credentials, you must go to conferences, meetings, uh, you know, attend scientific stuff. So what I did, I went to, um, you know, University of uh, California, Davis. They used to put out this, um, uh, now I'm forgetting the name of it, but anyhow, they used to put out these uh, huge workshops, uh, conference together. Uh, that was for medical students, dental, pharmacy. It was huge. Like thousands and thousands of people used to come. They don't have it as big as then, uh, as I know. It used to be two days. Later on, they cut it in one day. And every year, I used to go there. And even Stanford, uh, Stanford University, they put out one-day workshops, and I attended those. Again, most of the people who attended those conferences were students, and of course, a few people like me attended them. And then, of course, I learned and learned and learned. Uh, but I think it was in Stanford, one student uh, raised their hand, asked the speaker, you know, how do I go about getting a recommendation letter from a faculty? And here I was sitting way in the back. I usually sit in the way back. And I said, oh, my God, maybe I should write a book. And that's when it clicked in here that uh, I do know that stuff. I know most of the um, speakers that I attended, I, I taught, I listened to the talk. I said, okay, I know this, I know that. Uh, MCAT, of course, I never took it in my life, but uh, I've been reading upon it. I took out uh, exam questions from MCAT for my exams. Uh, so, so I said, well, why not? Uh, that's why I sat down and uh, wrote a book. And then there was just act of coincidence or God, I got in touch with Dr. Malor, and then here on, the rest is history. So, oh, wow. Okay. So a few things I want to touch on there. Um, you said these workshops at Stanford and Davis, these were geared towards pre-meds mostly? Right. Okay. Right. It was geared, uh, and they had all sort of, uh, it was very interesting, very uh, good thing they've done. Um, it was for pre-med students, and also they had, over the years, they developed it, and they, uh, they had workshops for uh, pre-dent, uh, pre-pharmacy, uh, pre-nursing. So it was a combination of things. The very first few years, as far as I recall, uh, the very, 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 very first one, it was done in uh, American River College. Oh. Near Sacramento, yeah, and I and I attended the very very first one, okay. and after that it got bigger and bigger and bigger. So UC Davis took it under their um, under their wings, and then I've heard about Stanford later on, and then of course the one in Stanford was just focused on uh, uh, pre med students, and then the very last one I attended in Stanford. They even had workshops for residency. So I was surprised. So, wow, there are here, there are workshops for residency as well, not only pre med, but also for, um, which was 
beyond the focus of my work or beyond what I want. It's good to know yeah. I should have, I do have some knowledge about residency, uh, but um, that was not, I did not incorporate it into my uh, work and uh, trying to elaborate on it more in my life. Okay. Okay. Got it. So for this book, the, the, how to get into med school, the nuts and bolts, right? It's on sale everywhere. Amazon and bookstores, I believe. Oh no, you know, I just ran out of all of the copies. So it's out of print right now. Um, But I'm working on it. I'm I'm, again with the help of Dr. Malore and a few other colleagues. uh, I'm planning to come up with second edition. Of course, I have to wait for the COVID to be over um, and it's almost over. So as soon as COVID is over, it was a coincidence during COVID, uh, I ran out of copies. So Amazon has none, Delta College Bookstore has none, um, the uh, BTM Bridgeton Medicine has a few copies left. Uh, so um, that's the only source I would know. Um, but I'm, I'm working on second edition. Thank you for yeah. asking about that. Um, about this book could you give a brief summary to the audience about what this book um, talks about sure Um, you know there are five pillars I call it five pillars of getting into medical school and I did elaborate on each one of them so the very first one that is I think is the most important one is the courses that you need to take uh, of course, you have to get A in all of them because it help. It will help with the other three and one of them, maybe with the other all four. Because if you get A, you get a good grade in your courses. It will help you with your MCAT score. It will help you with getting a recommendation letter. It will help you with your interview process, even extracurriculum activities indirectly. It can help you. So the very first one is uh, the courses. And all of medical schools, they want one year of biology major uh, classes that is supposed to be, you know, in biology, I teach biology at Delta. I've been teaching biology all the way from graduate school. So in biology, we have courses for non-majors, people who are majoring in business, uh, computer science, and we have courses for majors. So you have to take biology majors courses. I'm not talking about anatomy physiology. Anatomy physiology is for nursing students. So in biology, you have like, if you would, we have three different types of courses, one for non-majors, one for nursing students, uh, which is not necessarily for medical school, and one for biology majors. So um, you have to take one year of biology majors uh, classes, one year of uh, inorganic chemistry, general chemistry, they call it gen chem, okay. and one year of organic chemistry, mm-hmm. one year of physics. So that is pretty much most all medical schools want. Now, some medical schools might want uh, calculus, some medical schools want biochemistry, some medical schools want uh, statistics, sociology, psychology. So you need to go to, uh, there is a book, it's called AMSAR, uh, or website. You can look up what um, medical schools want, the medical school you're interested in or you want to apply, see what courses you want. If you do not have one of those courses, they disqualify you. 
Okay, they do not even look at your application. So that goes for courses. Mm -hmm. Second thing is the MCAT. So most medical schools want MCAT. There are some exceptions. If you're going straight from high school or, you know, UC Riverside, University of California, Riverside, if you go there as an undergraduate and then you fulfill all of the requirements and GPA, they waive MCAT. But most uh, medical schools and most DO schools, uh, doctor of uh, osteopathic, they do want MCAT. And even in the past, I'm talking about 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. the international medical schools, they did not want MCAT. Most of them waived the MCAT, like Caribbean, the universities in Caribbean islands. uh, But now they all want MCAT. Of course, the scoring in the international score schools, if you don't score high, they still accept you. That's a different uh, story. So MCAT is the second one, and it goes back to your courses. Mm-hmm. There are, I will not get into MCAT, but there are, you know, chemistry, biology, uh, some physics, biochemistry, mm-hmm. and sociology, psychology, and of course, English and MCAT. Mm-hmm. And the, sec- the third pillar of, they look at your, they call it metrics. They look at your metrics. The third one is your recommendation letters. So the, your recommendation letters, um, it depends on medical school again. Uh, they want a recommendation. Some of them want a recommendation letter from a clinician, from a medical doctor, from a science faculty professor like me. And they want from non-science faculty professor. So it depends. Okay. Uh, and it, it ranges from the medical schools, it ranges from three to five recommendation letters. And each year I have about four or five students, they ask me for a recommendation letter to get into medical school. Okay. So recommendation letter is the third thing. The fourth thing is extracurricular activities. You must do something outside of academia. Sometimes uh, outside of studying the textbook, getting A in all of your classes, they want to be exposed to the profession. Mm-hmm. So they want you shadow doctor, they want you volunteer. You know, when I say, I hope you, I'm putting the word or shadow doctor or volunteer in a hospital or uh, work in a research laboratory, anything outside of academics that expose you to the profession, maybe you don't like this profession. So they want to short. You see, when medical schools accept you, they are investing in you Mm -hmm. thousands and hundreds and thousands of dollars because it's not like you go to high school or you go to undergraduate. They have a seat for you and you go through all four years with the same classmates. Okay, I hope I'm making some sense. Yes, yes. It, is just, it is just like your first grade or second grade. You, the same classmate you had in first grade, you had but in second grade, and you're taking same classes. All of you are taking same classes. That's how medical schools work in the United States. Okay. okay. First of all, they want you to have a bachelor degree, even though it's not written anywhere, but they want you to have those courses. Second, the second thing, after you have a bachelor degree, you sit with other students all four years. There are electives, there are rotations, but um, the first two years, let's put it this way, the first two years, pretty much, you are in class with all of them. If they lose you, they're losing money because they cannot fill that seat 
until next academic year. And for four years, they lost that money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they want to they make sure when you are attending their medical school, you stay there for four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of investment. Mm-hmm. So they uh, look at the extracurriculum activities heavily. That's part of your metric system. And finally, when you fill out the application, you have your courses, all of the courses they want, you have your MCAT score, you have your extracurriculum activities, and then you have your recommendation letters, they're all going to one place, Uh, they call it MCAS, and then from there, it goes to whatever medical schools you want to apply in the United States. Okay. okay, so it goes, your application goes to a center and that center sends it out to whatever schools you want to apply in the U.S. except Texas. Texas, they have their own system of uh, medical schools. So you have to apply for Texas, most of medical schools in Texas separately. Okay. So when it goes to those uh, medical schools that you're applying, I recommend 20 to 30 mm-hmm. uh, medical schools you should apply throughout the United States. And all of the medical schools in your state, I think you should apply to all of them. Even though one of them is Stanford, you never know. They might take you. You yeah. should apply to Stanford. Of course, I know it costs money. But, um, but anyhow, when you apply to all of medical schools, then the last pillar mm-hmm. of getting into medical school is interview. Okay. So they call you for interview. You must fly there. That was pre-COVID. I don't know. I did not look it up. What happened during COVID? During COVID, they probably have Zoom. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that. But pre-COVID, and I'm sure post-COVID, it's going to be, you have to fly there. You have to go there. You have to drive there. And then uh, I have tips about the interview as well. And that's the last pillar. After your interview, they write you a nice letter. They say, welcome, congratulations, or... They say, well, you are a very qualified candidate. We love you, but uh, sorry, maybe next year. So, and I have tips for students who want to apply again. I do highly recommend if you love the profession, you should apply second time, third time, and then hopefully you will get it. So those are the five pillars of uh, getting into um, medical school, I hope. I answered your question. Yes, yes, yes. That works. That was very good. And thank you for that detail. Now, going forward with this, um, did you think out of these five pillars or just in general, out of all the pre-med students you've had, was there anything that stood out from those that made it to med school from those that did it? You know, <laughs> it is surprising. You know, some students who made it to medical school, um, of course, I was surprised. I didn't think they'd say yes. They got good grade in my class, all of them. Uh, but um, you know, the way of, I don't know. You wa- guys watched the movie Mash. You know, it was a Korean. It was doing. It was a uh, sitcom back in 1980s. Okay. And there was a guy in there. He's funny. He's hot guy. He always makes jokes. He's a medical doctor. He's doing surgery, performing surgeries on the wounded soldiers. Uh, but these students that. After your question, the students that come to my mind, they always joked around, they always, but they were good students. And of course, when I heard they got into medical school, so wow, <laughs> they were joking around a lot. Uh, and then I had some very serious students um, I knew. 
it's going to be no problem for them to get into medical school. For example, I had one student at Delta. He went to Delta for two years, and then he went to Davis for two years. And right after Davis, they, he didn't take any gap yet. Mm-hmm. Right after Davis, he went to Harvard Medical School. And then, um, so there are, there are, you know, there are rumors. I, I don't have the stats that medical schools uh, look down into community colleges. That's not true. Uh, I know many, many of my former students who got to UC Davis Medical School, uh, Stanford. I just had one student last year. He went to Stanford. And then, um, of course, I told you Harvard. And they're all over the United States. Um, I had one former student who went to Nebraska Medical School in Nebraska. Again, these are at the top of my head. Uh, but they're all over the United States. And they do go to community colleges. Uh, and take courses, and then they uh, go ahead with their career. So, um, yes, I had both students who were very serious and students who, uh, good students, but they were not, at least I thought they were not serious um, because of the joking. And when I was writing my book, I interviewed some of the students who want to get into medical school, uh, about, you know, the, the MCAT and other things. And also I interviewed some students who were in medical school and they were medical students, second year, first year, mm-hmm. and interviewed them for my book. Um, what are the tips and so on and so forth. And they are in there. Yeah. I hope I answered your question. So those kids that you interviewed, was there anything uh, particular that you thought was really important? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Number one, they were all very serious. Okay. So even though they were joking around, but they were serious about their grades. Okay. They were serious about the materials. It was not like, okay, if I don't know this, I'm still going to uh, get a C and pass the class and get into medical school. No, they were very serious about the class. They were not missing any class. I had students who they missed lab, missed class, and at the end, they got C. I said, look at it. Uh, you missed a lot. And they said, no, I only missed two or three. Uh, I said, my records did not say that, but that's okay. You missed five quizzes. And every day uh, I give a quiz when uh, students come to my class. So I said, look at it. You are missing five quizzes. So that's just the days that we had quiz. And how many days, you know, you missed out of this. So there are... There were students who were athletes, and I was a student athlete also. Uh, I ran track, uh, varsity track in uh, Winona, Minnesota. Um, but uh, there were student athletes who wanted to get into medical schools because of their needs, because of their conferences they had to have, games. They had to miss some, but they were serious enough to come mm-hmm. back and take the exam and uh, you know, study the material. They were studious enough. Uh, so, and they got into medical schools. So um, it is possible for all sort of people to get into medical schools, student athletes or anybody else um, with any uh, condition. I had, when I was in college uh, in Kentucky, I had, a, I had a friend, not a student, I was going to say student. I had a friend, a good friend, that portion of his lung was removed because of whatever disease he had. I can't remember how it was many years ago. And he told me, Amir, do you think I get into medical school? I said, why not? You should get into medical school. You're making the grades. You're an intelligent guy. 
but portion of my lung is removed. I do not have. If I have to stand on my feet for hours, seven hours, eight hours to do perform surgery, I can't do that. I said, well, you can do other portions of medicine. You, can, you don't have to do surgeries for seven, eight hours. Mm-hmm. And he got in. Uh, that, that good friend of mine, he got in and he was, oh, it was he, he could not do it. He got into Louisville, I think, Louisville or Lexington. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, so he got into Louisville Medical in Kentucky Medical School. I had another friend uh, when I started graduate school in Kentucky. He was uh, a graduate student with me. And as soon as he got into Louisville Medical School, uh, then he, he finished the semester. He finished the courses he had with me in the chronology. We had in the chronology together. But in the class, we all clapped for him whenever we heard, all of us heard that he got into medical school. So he clapped for me. He applied to medical school. That's what I'm trying to get at. When you apply to medical school the first time around and you don't get in, just go ahead and try again. But of course, you've got to do several things. Go to graduate school. He started taking grad courses and okay. a master program, but he didn't finish his master program. He went to medical school next fall. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned you were a student athlete during college? At uh, Winona, Minnesota. I was running 100 meter, 200 meter dash. Oh, wow. And um, that uh, and long jump, uh, but that interfered with my studies. It so did? If you look at my undergraduate record, um, I'm, not, I'm not proud of it. It's not good grades. <laughs> And then, of course, I didn't know I want to become a teacher. I went to Kentucky, and uh, I was a graduate student. They said, okay, you have to teach labs, biology labs, not the lectures. So I taught biology labs, and that was when uh, I fell in love with teaching, and I knew this is it. I'm going to go to teaching. I didn't know what I want to do. I just said, okay, now bachelor is over. Let's go get a master. And then what next? I didn't know if somebody would have asked me, I said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, do you recommend other students be student athletes? Do you think it helps? Because in my personal opinion, I was a student athlete during high school. And in uh, my opinion, I think it helped with my grades because I got to get some relaxing time doing uh, physical exercise and then come back and be refreshed. But then in your case, like you said, it you said it interfered. Do you recommend other pre-meds do some sort of activity? You know, I do. I, I strongly do. If you're a student athlete and you can be focused, um, I, I, I was not focused when I was in Minnesota. Um, you know, I was focused on, uh, okay, when is this meet this weekend? We are going to go to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and have a meet. We are going to go to Duluth this weekend. We are going to have a meet. And in the bus, I was not studying. I was having a good time with a fellow <laughs> teammate. So, but I'm sure student athletes who are traveling a lot uh, every week, I was gone almost every weekend uh, in Minnesota, you know, during the wintertime. Our, our, our meets started probably November, December. And it was indoor, uh, and then it got to April and May, and uh, sometimes maybe March, it was outdoor. And we had to travel a lot. Um, in the bus, to be honest with you, I was not studying. 
<laughs> I should have been studying. Uh, you know, after practice, when I came home to my dorm room, uh, I was dead tired. I just, you know, I, I crashed. It was, you know, um, but again, if you can, uh, you know, nowadays, professional, uh, big major universities, they have study hall. Mm-hmm. And they meet you after practice, you eat your dinner and you go uh, to the study hall and you have to study there. So I hope those students, those student athletes, they take uh, their journey very seriously. You know, medical schools, I think, uh, they see if you're a student athlete and you had 3.5 mm-hmm. instead of having 3.8, 3.9, they, they consider that. If MCAT of 510 and you were a student athlete, they consider that because they know what it's like to be student athlete and you don't have too much of extracurriculum activities. You just done one mm-hmm. uh, during the four years. So I think they look into it. And I know one former football player from Delta College studied mm-hmm. UC Davis Medical School. Okay. So, um, so it is possible. It's doable, but again, you have to be focused. If you're a student athlete and you have 2.9, 2.9, no way. They're not going to let you in. So, so medical schools are more of a holistic approach in how they look at people. Each one's different. Right. All of them are like that, without exception. Uh, even Stanford, they look at the holistic uh, approach. They, you know, all medical schools look at students holistically. They do not look at, well, uh, we, we had a meeting and, uh, and the head of the admission um, from UC Davis Medical School came and gave us a talk. Mm-hmm. And this is how Davis does it, UC Davis Medical School. The computer look at your uh, GPA, look at your MCAT, and look at everything else, and they threw you out. Okay. Or they say, okay, inviting for interview. Then a person, a human being, look at the applicants who computer throughout. And that person comes and look at it, see what you've done in life. Okay, okay. maybe you have a very appealing story. Uh, you have a good story. That's why it makes you uh, a good doctor. So they interview, they also ask them for an interview. Okay. So it's just not the computer picks up the applicants who go for interview. The computer throughout applicants, a person will sit down and look at that applicant as well. Do you, did they mention how the computer selects people? Is there a specific thing? Uh, you know, I'm sure it's a program they use. I don't know the name. I probably was mentioned in that meeting. I don't know the name of the program. They mm-hmm. program the computer. Say, okay, look at the GPA. Look at the uh, number of extracurricular activities. The keywords, maybe in extracurricular activities. The recommendation letter. Look at it. The keywords here, there. I'm sure they program it. No, I, I you know, I ask... <laughs> I asked UC Davis uh, admission office, can I sit at least one year in the um, reviewing how you process, how you look at it? Here's my book, look at it. I wrote a book. Uh, can I sit in? And of course, they said no. So I, uh, uh, I did not get into sitting for the uh, admission process of okay. uh, medical students for UC Davis. But I asked. I, it doesn't hurt to yeah. ask. So I did ask. And they said no. 
Yes, yes. You miss every shot you don't take. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It would be good. It would be a good arsenal in my possession to have to help the students. Uh, this is how admission um, uh, schools, uh, at least UC Davis admission uh, department, look at students. Anyhow. Did you get to talk to any other admissions, um, any other schools? Um, no, UC Davis is primarily one. Um, Stanford, uh, I work indirectly. Uh, well, I work yeah, with, an, uh, with a lady who is in charge of a summer internship for pre-med students. Mm -hmm. So Stanford puts a very nice program, I think, uh, for summer internship. Um, so they expose you to shadowing and courses, anatomy, histology, research. They, you know, and at the end, you have to um, make a post or do research and make a post. It's a very nice program if we can get into the At Delta College, we have several students who go to um, Stanford's uh, internship during summer. Uh, because of COVID, I guess they canceled it last two years. Uh, but I'm sure you apply for Stanford internship. I'm sorry, what did you have to um, do? Those students have to apply for the Stanford internship. Yeah. Yes, yes, all of uh, even though uh, UC Davis they put um, oh god, I'm forgetting the name pre medical or something like medical. Uh, you have to apply for it. Yes, okay. these are summer internship and they're paid. Uh, they pay you at Stanford, they pay you and they give you a housing. And they give you food and board. Uh, I think it's a six weeks summer uh, program internship. Yes, you have. They interview you. You have to apply. After you apply, they interview you. You have to go to Stanford, interview you. And then, um, then they write you a letter, they accept you. Yeah, we had quite a few students from Delta, they got into Stanford. Okay, okay. Got it, got it. Is there, um, before we wrap this up, is there anything you think that pre-meds should know, anything specific, anything they should be doing to get into medical school? Yeah, well, you know, um, of course, the most important thing that I tell my own students, that they need to make the grades. That's the most, number one, because it helps with the other five pillars mm -hmm. of getting medical school. So, uh, if you get a B in a class or a C, do not get discouraged, but uh, everything else should be A. A or B, you know, keep your GPA up high. And after that, do not forget the extracurriculum activities. The extracurriculum activities, if you see your grades are going down, do not do them. Stop doing the extracurricular activities. Because after you finish your coursework, you get your degree in biology, chemistry, psychology, English, whatever you get your degree in, then you can take a one year of gap year mm -hmm. and do extracurricular activities. And then after that, you apply. During that one gap year, or maybe two years, it depends on you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can um, study for MCAT, you can study, you can do extracurricular curriculum activities, and then when you get your um, application all together, then apply for medical school. So uh, do not let your grades slip because you're a student athlete or because you're doing extracurricular activities or because you're studying for MCAT. Do not let that happen. Uh, whatever you do, adhere to your grades and make sure they are 
outstanding. And then on top, and after that, uh, MCAT, of course, um, is a must uh, for most universities. And then after that is your extracurricular activities. And then during the interview, uh, make sure you look up that website of that university that you have interviewed with, see what they're doing, uh, what is it all about, and of course, go online and search some interview questions, you know, study for yourself a little bit. Uh, my wife is a pharmacist and she studied a lot. I can tell you. I, mean, uh, I was cooking, I was doing dishes, I was doing everything and she was studying for an interview. And I said, well, you're supposed to go in there and be yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what interview is all about. But boy, I was wrong. <laughs> she studied. I'm glad she studied for an interview. And that's what I recommend to med students. They need to study what type of questions they will ask, what they do. It's just not like a job interview. You go in there and be yourself. Yeah. No, you got to study for it. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong uh, regarding my wife, but you know, I recommend it to all of the students. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Well, hopefully um, all this information is good for the audience. I really enjoyed this information. There was a lot I didn't know. I learned from you right now. And hopefully you can take it. No, no, I appreciate it very much. And then if if you want me to come back and talk about a couple of things specifically and elaborate on them. Sure, sure. Like courses and the five pillars, because we spent some time... uh, going over um, uh, the, uh, my background and what I've done in life, but uh, we can go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, I can present you with a PowerPoint. That's what I use when I go to conferences, when I go to places, high schools, and even my class, and I present them this PowerPoint, I can specifically uh, pin down uh, what are some of the good sources uh, you can look up to, um, and then other things that I have in my PowerPoints, maybe at uh, some other time uh, we can do it. it usually that uh, talk that I give um, usually takes, um, Kartik usually takes, oh, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes. So I, I don't think we, are, um, we, we do not have the time here today. Uh, but any time, I'd be more than happy to do that. Is, is it possible if um, I can put your email up on our uh, sure. website? Sure, sure, sure. Um, if, you, if you want me to say it and you type it or you want me to type it. I'll, I'll type it up. I'll email you for your contact. I'll put it up. Great. Amir, A-M-I-R okay. dot A-S-S-A-D-I dash R-A-D. Okay. At Delta College, Delta College, one word, uh, perfect. Um, edu dot edu. Amir dot Asadi Rod uh, with a dash in there at Delta College dot edu. Okay, got it. And Delta College is one word. Yes. All right. right. So tell me about yourself. What are you in high school or you're in college? Yes. What college? So I, I am in um, California North State um, University, the one in Rancho Cordova, and I just graduated from there and I'm joining to medical school next month. Great. So you went straight from your high school to college there? 
Yes, callers there and then to their medical school next month. Yes. So you went through a four plus four year program? Three plus four, three years undergrad. Three plus four. Yes. My daughter got into UOP dental uh, okay. school, three plus three. Of course, dental school, the only dental school in the, uh, in the United States in three years is UOP. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know any other school in the United States, dental school. That, of course, they go through summer. Okay. okay, so you have to go through summer. But, um, so you were three. Did you go to summer schools? Did you have? I had to. So I am graduated from high school in 2018 in May, and then two weeks after graduating, I had to start undergraduate in um, June of 2018, and I've been continuously doing school every semester up until now, um, until May of 2021. Great, great, and now you're going to go to. Uh, did you take summer classes? Did you have to? Because you're yes, yes. I had to in order to get the credits in. Yes, yes. And then I also had to do MCAT during school time, which mm. I personally uh, don't recommend others if they can avoid it. It gets a little tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was good. My daughter has to take DAT just like you during the academic year. So it's going to be. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, yes. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Saudi for joining us. Our this is our first podcast, so excited to see the reaction to this. And great well, podcast. <laughs> You're doing <it> great. <laughs> Thank you. And then we'll stay okay. in touch. And then I'll put your email. Hopefully, people get in contact with you. Also, um, please let me know um, second edition of the book whenever it's out, so we can tell people. You get it. Yes, as soon as uh, things go through, we, we are out of COVID, um, then definitely. Okay, yes. sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Sadia. Thank you, Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. You have a good day. You too. Bye.